0: Well, first of all, friends, uh, whether no matter you're here now with us or uh, you watch later, good morning to you and thank you for taking the time this morning to hear God's word with us. It is truly a a blessing and a privilege to do that. This morning, we will be taking a look at God's word for us from John chapter 13 and uh, i'm sure everybody has their own bibles but uh, if you want to follow along in a bible like this one we are going to be in john chapter 13 and that's found on page 874 for us so you can uh, open that up if you'd like to just follow along online there there's a, a bible uh, the words of the scripture are there for us as well we've been taking a look these weeks at encounters that different people have with jesus and we're going to continue that this week, we've seen Jesus at the, with the woman at the well, Jesus and Nicodemus, Jesus and the, the people, the man who was born blind, uh, and this week, we see Jesus with his disciples in the upper room. Uh, but there was one time where I gave a, uh, a woman a call, and we talked a little bit. I found out pretty quickly after talking to her that she had not really eaten much lately. She probably wasn't taking her, her meds, and she said, I'm really just not feeling well. And I said, well, I, can, I, can I help you out at all? Would you, would you like me to bring you some food? Uh, would you like me to you know, help you out with your meds? No, I think I'll be, I'll be okay. I said, okay. And I, after I talked with her, I gave another person uh, a call and I said, hey, you know, if you have some time, call this person, give them a little encouragement, ask them if they're taking their meds, ask them if they're, uh, if they're eating at all. A few days went by. I called the person back and I said, How's things going? How you feeling? And uh, she said, I'm you know, I have taken my meds some, I had I had breakfast and I had lunch, and I said, Is that you know, have you been doing that every day? Yeah, I've been eating, I've been eating, and, and some people and I have been talking, we've 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 talked with each other, we've been calling each other. And she said, I'm feeling better. I said, Whoa, what a shocker! You know, uh, you know, who knew that if you, you ate and you took your medicine and you had a little bit of socialization, uh, those would help you. Of course, we need those basic things in life. We need food, we need our meds, and we need human contact. Uh, all of that does something else though for us, doesn't it? it that behind those things, especially the, the human contact, reminds us that there is purpose and meaning behind our existence. When you sit alone long enough, you start to wonder, am I, am I actually here for a reason? Is there something going on? And, and all of a sudden, I, she's, you call a little bit, and she says, oh, yeah, I do have a purpose and a meaning in my life. And we know that human beings can do incredible things when they have the, a strong sense of purpose or, or meaning. We've got stories of, of people lifting cars and performing other miraculous and heroic actions. Uh, One of my my most cherished examples is from a man named Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl lived, uh, he was a Jewish person. He was captured during World War II and put in the the Nazi um, concentration camps. And he traveled to Auschwitz as as well as other camps. Uh, Viktor has become famous because he survived the camps. And as he survived the camps, he also, uh, became he was a a deep thinker and he became the father of of a part of psychology he he influenced deeply this thing we call logotherapy that's used by psychologists even today Uh, and so he came up with all these things and his big pressing question all the time when he was in the camp as well as after getting out of the camp was what is it what is it that makes some people survive here and others die right why why do some live and some don't And he said, well, certainly some of it has to do with the the condition that they were in when they came in. You know, if if they were healthy and well, they had a better chance of surviving. Uh, If they were used to a highfalutin, you know, affluent life, it was harder for them. Um, If they were used to great poverty and they were sick, that was hard. You know, some of it had to do with uh, the relationships and the social connections that people were able to create within the the camp. Uh, he said one of the funny ones was morality. If people were prone to be immoral, they had more of a tendency to survive. If you were a thief uh, and you just didn't mind stealing stuff, well, you, you were probably more likely to survive. A lot of it, he said, had to do with just fortune or, or luck, some people might call it, or or grace, we might call it. If you, if you happen to be At the right time, in the right place, you survived. If not, well, then you didn't. But he said one of the biggest things that made a difference was this. He said, any attempt at fighting the camp's uh, psychological influence on the prisoner by various therapeutic methods had to aim at giving the prisoner inner strength by pointing out to him a future goal to which he could look forward. You see that? He, He had to have inner strength by pointing to a future goal. What is that? That's purpose, isn't it? That, that's purpose. And we deeply resist other people forcing a purpose on our lives. If your boss gives you a paycheck for your job, you're only gonna do it so long before you start to say, hmm, this paycheck is not worth the work that I am doing. Uh, but if you have a sense of purpose, if you have, as he says, that inner drive that leads towards a future goal, you can, you can go through almost anything. And today, Jesus invites you and I to develop the purpose that we have in our lives. And what a better time to do it than than right now. He's given us this incredible life, this incredible vitality over the last few weeks. Uh, And he says, here, you can see yourself, can't you? Can you see who you are? Now take the vitality you have and use it in a specific direction. And so let's take a look at God's word for us here. So we're in John chapter 13. Jesus is with the disciples in the upper room. Uh, They are going to celebrate the Passover. And John tells us what's going through Jesus' head. He says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. He loved them to the end. Uh, What a, a cool little phrase. What does that mean? He loved them to the end. It's not just a time thing. It's, it's also not just a, uh, this, is the, this is the goal. Uh, loving somebody to the end in, in the Greek there, it, what he's saying is he loved them all the way into the final purpose. He loved them into the completion. He loved them into the fulfillment of, of what was supposed to happen. Right? What John, Jesus is, is doing here, you know, he's about to ascend to the highest heights by going down to the deepest depths. Uh, he is about to be, be captured and oppressed and tortured and go through all kinds of other terrible things. And he's saying, you know, the, my way of looking at the world and my way of, of looking at culture and life is, is this, that the way up is down and the way to greatness is, is through giving up. And the way to happiness is through losing everything that's important to us. It's an inside out, upside down understanding of of culture and life. And Jesus here in, in John chapter 13, then he is illustrating what he teaches us in passages like Matthew chapter 22, where in Matthew 22, he says, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave just as the son of man did not come to be served you know the word serve there that he uses it is this it, it refers to the most menial kind of service late possible it's a question of who would you rather be at four roses do you want to be the guy that's sitting in the the seat and drinking the nice glass of wine or do you want to be the bus boy and who would pick the busboy? And yet Jesus is saying, hmm, maybe, maybe the paradigm for my life is to be the busboy. And so what he does in John 13 is he gets down on his hands and his knees. He, he, we've, we've talked about it before in ancient culture, this, this washing of somebody's feet. It was so uh, abhorrent that even the Jews wouldn't let Jewish people do it. You had to have a, a non-Jewish person or, uh, at best, a, a very lowly Jewish slave do it. Uh, many cities had even outlawed it, right? Because you were just walking through the sludge and the grime of everyday life. And yet Jesus Christ, he takes up the position of the lowest possible servant. He gets down on his hands and knees with a big bowl there, and he washes their feet. And he says to his disciples, you, you, you silly disciples, you, you foolish disciples, right? How many times do I have to tell you, this is what life is for, this is what life's about, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You know, if, if somebody gave you a big, fancy, complicated machine. Right? If I walked into your lo- house and I said, hey, look, I brought you a present. And you said, well, look at that, that's cool. There's all these buttons, boom, 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 right? And there's these knobs. I can pull all the knobs and there's things that slide back and forth. There's a bob and a doodad, and a widget on it. Wow, this is the coolest machine ever. You would say to yourself, well, what's it for? What, what's it for? What's the purpose of this thing? And the only way to figure that out is to go and look in the manual, or to go and ask the manufacturer and say, well, what's this thing supposed to do? It's got lots of cool knobs, and widgets, and buttons, and the sliders, thingamabobs, and doodads, but I have no idea what the thing is, is for. And, and here's the manufacturer here's the manufacturer coming to us and saying to you and and to me you know what you know what well maybe we should think about a little bit ourselves huh i mean look at look at you and i we're incredibly skilled and gifted people, we're, we're running this way and that way, you know, we've got busy, full lives, maybe not quite so much these days as we have been, although I have to admit that this week has been probably one of the, the busiest in, in many weeks for me, trying to figure out all the things that I'm doing, you know, you've got all of these abilities and skills, and, and yet, isn't there a sense, don't you have a sense sometimes behind it all, that it's just for no good reason at all? Is there a purpose behind it? You know, one of the the great authors uh, of our time, he says he's read all of these these wonderful books from the greatest authors. And he says, though, that the works of all of the authors reveal the persistent need for meaning and the gnawing sense of its elusiveness. As soon as you start to think about this kind of question even more than six inches deep, you're in the area of religion and you're starting to say to yourself, what's my life for? What's, what's my purpose here? What am I supposed to be doing? And, and you look at yourself as a machine, and you should be saying, what's my purpose? And the manufacturer, what does he say back to you? He says, this, this is what I'm living for. This is what you're living for. And one person put it this way, kneeling love. Right, that's the first thing to take away today. What gives purpose? What gives meaning? How to to somebody else's life? It's this, kneeling love. Cool phrase, huh? Kneeling love. And Jesus puts it into action in two ways. So first, we get this in, in verses four and five, where Jesus says, He got up from the table, meal, he took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him right and so Jesus is thinking about his mission his whole career everything he's doing and and the first thing what is he part of it what does he do he he gets down he right he wraps the towel around and he gets down and, and and it's a it's a picture of what Jesus has done from from all of time and eternity you know the Lord of the universe the king of heaven and earth the one who through whom all things were made he gets he gets down into your life he gets down into our world and our humanity it's what we sing in the great Christmas hymn every year. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus takes that time to get down into our lives. You know, And that's a, that's a lot harder than I would even like to admit. It's, it's an impressive thing that he does. I mean, just think about even the simplest act like listening. Listening is, is probably the, the easiest thing that we can do to somebody else, except for maybe handing them a, a glass of water. But it, it's so hard to do it in a way that gets into somebody else's life. I, I, this week, you know, I spent a lot of time on the phone, and there was one conversation that was so bad, I felt terrible afterwards. Called this person, and somebody, I think, walked into the room or something like that. Uh, as my, my phone went off with another notification, something... To, to pay attention to a text message or something like that, uh, and then there were some emails coming in that I had to take care of, and there was an order to do, and this person is sitting there talking on the phone, and I'm going, uh-huh, uh-huh, right, and I I have no idea what they're saying at this point. I'm just going, uh-huh, uh-huh, and, and, and I, I then finally say, okay, pastor, well, you have a nice week. Thanks for thanks for the talk. It was good to talk to you, and I was like, oh, yeah, right. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you for talking. You know, I didn't spend any time getting down into their life, did I? Uh at, not at all, I stayed in my own world. I stayed in my own life. I, I didn't get down into their life. You know, and, and right now I'm so thankful for all of the doctors and the nurses and the paramedics uh, and the, the hospital assistants and, and the administrators and everybody else who is getting down into the lives of other people, into their sickness and their messiness Um, Thank you very much for doing that. And would you join me in in thanking them, both right now in in your heart and also when you have a chance. Uh, Thank you so much for doing that. And think about the the awesome thing that God is saying to you, you and I here in Jesus. He's saying to us, you know, the first step to getting meaning in somebody's life is this, is to get down into their life and whether you are a doctor or a nurse or a hospital assistant or something else don't we all have the opportunity to get down into somebody else's lives to get out of our world and our little bubble and to do something any little thing for somebody else whether we are a pastor a musician we can get into somebody else's world And and do it for them. But that's that's not the whole thing of it, right? Isn't it? Jesus says, here's, that's the first part. Uh, I'd like to do even something else to get you meaning in your life. And he goes on and and he says it this way. And when he comes to Peter, Peter says to him, no, you shall never wash my feet. That's verse eight. And Jesus answered him, unless I wash you, you have no part in with me. No part with me. You know, look at Jesus, and Jesus doesn't come down to ramp up a political party who will lead on to a great victory, does he? He gets down so far into the the messiness of our lives that he says, all right, let's wash up the crud of your life. I'm going to wash this mess and this junk of your whole life onto myself so that your life has ultimate meaning and purpose. And, you know, one of the the most powerful things that happens in the cross is that Jesus says, I will take your sin, I will take your your guilt, I will take your ugliness and your blame, and I will put it on myself. And then in the water of baptism, I'm going to wash all of your mess away. I am glad to do that for you so that you can have the life now and and always. And, And you think that is even harder to do, isn't it? because there are so many times where I would love to give you purity. Just cleanse the junk out of your life. And yet Jesus says, I will actually take the junk of your life. And when you have experienced, when you taste what it really feels like to have that sin and that mess washed away, you will know that there is meaning for you. One of the great examples, as I mentioned before, of, of a person who really finds the power of meaning in life uh, it came from Viktor Frankl. Now, and, and it was a hard thing for him, you know, because he's sitting there working in this concentration camp and trying to find a, a purpose in it all so that he can survive the, the camp. And he, he has a number of experiences, okay, that, that help him find meaning. But one of the cool ones is, is this. He says one time he was working in a trench it 's early morning. the dawn is all around everything is gray right there 's gray skies overhead there 's gray dirt all around him uh, there 's gray ugliness in his his uniform and the uniforms of all the other workers. You know he looks over at the soldiers guarding him and they 're in this this drab gray and and he says that in a, a, a violent protest against the hopelessness of the death that was facing him right he starts panic frantically searching through his mind for some sense of meaning in it all and then he says i felt it transcend in his own mind right he felt i felt it transcend that hopeless meaningless world and from somewhere i heard a victorious yes in answer to my question of the existence of an ultimate purpose at that moment a light was lit in a distant farmhouse which stood on the horizon as if painted like a like a a beacon in the darkness there was light dawning in the darkness and he says for hours then he went and he he picked at the icy ground and the guard passed by and insulted him and he says all i did is i communed with my beloved more and more, I felt that my, my wife was present, that she was with me, and I had this strong feeling that, I, that she was able to, to touch me and to support me and be with me. Now, that's an example of, of what a, a wife can do for a husband, even if she's not with him. How much greater can't it be if you and I have a sense and awareness that the king of heaven and earth has come down into our mess to be with us and to clean away that crud. How much greater can't the purpose and the meaning of our life be if we are aware of that? And you know, so what's the, the, the awesome takeaway out of this? You and I, we could search for meaning and for purpose on our own, and yet are we ever going to, to find it? I've admit that, that I've struggled probably in this just as much as anybody else. Do my days really mean something to somebody else? As I sit here and and write my little passages or I, I make my little speeches, does it matter? Does it have any real significance to it? And yet it was, it's this thing, that when his love becomes real to you, then it fills you with purpose and it fills others with purpose. So take this away today. Make his love fill all of us with purpose. When his love is real to you, your life will fill everybody else with purpose, and you will see meaning and significance for your life and all of our other lives. And that will matter no matter whether you are a doctor or a nurse on the front lines, whether you are a a husband or a wife at home caring for your family, whether you're working in the factory making us important equipment so that life continues, so that life and the economy moves on. Make his love fill all of us with purpose. We'll have incredible meaning for our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, very often we turn towards the the shallow and the easy things of this life to try to give our lives a sense of meaning and purpose. We seek in in weak things for the purpose that we want, rather than receiving from you the love that you wanna give to us, that you have brought down to us so that our lives are filled with meaning and purpose to give away to others. I pray that in this important time, you would power us with your love, with a sense of purpose. Then we can flow that love out into the lives of others and enjoy the meaning that you have for us. We pray this all in Jesus' name, amen.